Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chubb Rucky, and with me always is my wonderful co-host. Is it co-host? Does that sound derivative? Because you're equal to me, in my opinion, but Josh Fisher, everybody. Well, I do only have like 80% of my natural birth body, so... Yeah, but I mean, if we're going off of like Ghost in the Show... I know, that's I know, I mean thing. like... <laughs> I'm a host, you're a host, we co-host together. I don't see it as a derogatory thing at all. You know, it's just like gotcha. when other shows I'm on, you know, we're each a co-host. Yeah, yeah so when you describe the show, you say, my co-host, Greg. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly gotcha. Okay, that's exactly how I describe it to others, you know. My co-host, Greg, and myself, yeah. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Which I actually had the opportunity to do this weekend. Uh, hopefully, we got some new listeners. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that in just a second because I want to let the people know who are new. If you are new and you have not heard this podcast before, what we do here is we watch two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming platform: Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, what have you. Um, and then we give our opinions. We 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 discuss the show in its entirety. Then uh, we give a grade at the end. Um. We do want to give you a fair warning, though. Sometimes the shows we talk about do have themes or um, uh, ideas that maybe don't mesh well with certain people. Plus, we do get a little spoilery, not too bad. But, um, you know, we are talking about the show in their entirety. So fair warning to that. Um, also, guys, uh, still, if you want to uh, buy our cartoon faces on a shirt, on a mug, on a couple other th- items and things, um, allcuteuppodcast.com has a merch tab now, where or merchandise tab. You sound like stupid YouTubers. Yo, mer- link in the merch in the link, yo. Um, but uh, but guys, let me see that merch, lurch. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Other than that, I wanted to, uh, before we get into the shows, uh, Josh actually had a very exciting weekend. Um, why don't you go and tell us about that quickly, Josh? Actually, it was more of a week. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, longtime listeners of the show, you know, you know that I'm actively involved in a group called the Realm of Collectors, and um, I spent the past week with them, with a lot of members of the Realm, and Misty and I left Tuesday morning, and we traveled to Hagerstown, Maryland, which is a straight shop straight shot up uh, Interstate 80, and we stayed the night in Hagerstown, and then Wednesday morning, uh, some friends of mine from the realm, Jason, Bethany, Russ, Anna, Justin, Joe, picked me up at 7.30 in the morning. We traveled to Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. And stayed with our friend Tyler at his house that night. Hung out in his town. Played some cards against the human cards against humanity. 
Um, and then they left out at like six the next morning to finish our journey to Chicago. Uh, we stayed at Crown Royal, uh, O'Hare Convention Center and Hotel. Um, it's an okay hotel. Not the greatest, but definitely not the worst because the hotel in Hagerstown was probably the sketchiest hotel room I've seen in my life, and I've seen really run. <laughs> but uh, it it was bad. It was bad. But we went to the International Realm of Collective Meetup at TFCon 2018 in Chicago, and I got so many people that have made such a profound impact on my life, especially after and how all these people just stepped up and contributed and offered their support and friendship and a little of their cash, uh, you know, to go towards uh, my medical fund, all that. And just to get to meet everyone that I've watched their shows, listened to their podcasts, hung out with them and Google Hangout, after shows, interacting with them on Facebook, to actually get up to with them face to face, have have meals with them, spend time with them, hang out with them, laugh, cut up. It, this has been the greatest week of my life this past week, and it was unfortunate because Misty could not go because she could not get time off work started a job so her and Madison were not there the only thing that could have made it better to and I missed them terribly uh, but the, it was it was a wonderful time and I'm not going to go into any more detail or talk any more about it but if you do want to hear about it tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern for the MPSP theater that is on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Uh, m one of my co-hosts on the show, Russ and Nick uh, and Rob, actually, four out of five of us, we all were there. Sam couldn't make it. He may speak on that. That's up to him. But four out of five of us were there in the flesh, and Russ and I actually traveled together. We spent the whole week together. You know, he's an amazing He's become an amazing friend. Great. And I just had the best time. But tune in tonight to hear those fucking Trust me. I've got some stories that's probably going to top any story you've heard this week on the Realm of Collectors channel from TFCon. <laughs> I guarantee you nothing can top the story that I'm going to close. Um, I totally get where you're coming from about the idea of like uh, going to a convention and meeting people that you've known on the internet for such a long time and get to actually hang out with them in person. That was me with Magfest and half empty energy tank. Like that was such an experience that I'll yeah. never forget. Um, so yeah, I like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about tonight. Uh, I'm definitely going to be listening in. Uh, I got time set aside for that. So, um, but let's, uh, let's get into the shows. Shall we? Yeah, let's do that. And, We've got a couple of really good ones lined up today. Yeah, surprisingly enough. Um, so we're going to talk about Daredevil Season 3, um, which has been long awaited. 
Uh, and then we're also going to talk about the haunting of Hill House. Um, now, I, I do want to throw this out there. We're going to talk about Daredevil first, but when we talk about Haunting of Hill House, I highly suggest watching it before listening to us talk about it. Highly suggest because there are going Absolutely. to be things that we have to spoil to talk about, and if we do end up spoiling those, it's it, the show. The show is very um, I don't want to say dependent on you watching it first, because you know how I feel. I mean, if you listen to the show before, you know how I feel about that. Spoil, you know spoilers and things like yeah. that don't make or break the show. However, exactly. This show does kind of have a lot of dependency on that stuff. So <laughs> it, it does. It doesn't detract from the story. If it were spoiled for you, it's still well told. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is one of those types of things that you don't want spoiled. So you can enjoy those surprise in the moment. hundred percent agree. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get into daredevil season three. Um, if, as if if you don't know, uh, recently Netflix uh, canceled uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and uh, uh, the the crazy thing about this season is that it, it builds off of what happened at the end of Defenders. So it's mm-hmm. kind it's kind of crazy to me that the dependency on Luke Cage and Iron Fist existing in this universe no longer like have their shows yet like it goes right into it, it, it's a whole like thing that just confuse the hell out of me what i'm really hoping is that um when marvel or when uh, disney does their own streaming service that they bring back luke cage and iron fist for a heroes for hire show um yeah there there is speculation that either disney is just going to cancel each of the marvel shows after they end their respective new season and then move everything over i don't know but there is also speculation that they just canceled these two to combine them into a Heroes for Hire show. Um, I would be would, I would be 100% okay with that. I would be absolutely okay with either or. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed what they did. If you go back and listen to the shows that we covered, Luke Cage Season 2, great. Better yeah. one. Iron Fist Season 2 was immensely better than Season 1 dreadful yeah um, so hopefully they'll get picked up as a heroes for hire show because they work great together you talk about luke cage season two the one episode that really stood out to everybody was the iron fist episode and how much yeah. all of a sudden danny rand was awesome yep you know it, so. it, it like that episode was the only time where danny didn't completely annoy me which was crazy because I mean, even in season, even in his season two, I was, I, I those moments where I was just like, us. <laughs> but when he was with, when that. he was with Luke Cage, I wasn't annoyed. Well, not one time. So, but anyway, we were talking about they Daredevil. complement each other well. But yeah, we're supposed to be talking about Matt Murdock and uh, Foggy Nelson and Karen Page, <laughs> not Luke Cage. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give the listeners a quick synopsis of what happens in this season, sir? Well, basically, season three opens up with. Everyone believing Matt Murdock is dead. At the end of see, uh, at the end of the Defenders, the uh, what was it? Midtown Circle is that what it was called? I believe so. Yeah, it cl- completely collapsed. No one was seen coming out, and Matt Murdock is dead because at the time he and Elektra were in that pit uh, when it collapsed. Well, you actually see that he was. 
I guess, washed out of the sewer and washed up on the bank of uh, the Hudson, I guess maybe it was. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 that's, fictional that's, New York, so you just kind of have to, like, maybe it was this location? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he's found, and the next you see is in in a church, in in the crypts of a church, and he's being cared for by the uh, priest and uh, the nun. And here's on any and they're caring for him, bringing him back to hell. At the same time, while everybody believing is Matt's dead and they're trying to move on, can't find a way how. Wilson Fisk has made a deal with the FBI to become an informant and has agreed to get out of prison and he is now on house. And that's how the season begins and it's a slow strong, very strong character building season that has a wonderful, fantastic climax. So I have a question for you, Josh. Yes. How is it how is it that this series this season I should say technically, I mean, just because of one character, is the best iteration I have ever seen of both Kingpin and Bullseye. I mean, yeah, Bullseye was amazing, and he's never called Bullseye. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, it wouldn't it wouldn't course. make sense. Like the way that they tied in Kingpin, I thought was really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never did that with 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 Poindexter, if you will, uh, because uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't have made sense. It would have fell off and. Too comic booky, yeah. which is what they're trying to not do. Yeah, um, and this is obviously, you know, this was his origin. This is him pre Bullseye, but he is obviously on his way there. And of course, that little thing at the end that was pretty great. Uh, but yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah, um, I just thought it was interesting that, like, arguably. This this season, this series did the best iteration of both characters. I mean, and I love both characters in the comic, but mm-hmm. you know, those are comics. Those are those aren't those aren't this realistic setting that they've put Daredevil in. Um, and uh, I, I I found it fascinating how the the remnants essentially of Frank Castle or the Punisher's like uh, um, influence on 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 Matt was clearly rubbing off. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> same, same goes for fucking Karen page. Uh, I don't want to say so much on foggy, but they definitely brought it up quite a bit on, on, on his, like he basically gained a lot of notoriety and, and infamy for defending Frank castle. Mm-hmm. And I loved that because, you know, something that I've talked about from time to time is that, the best thing about season two was anything that involved Punisher. Yeah. So, uh, um, I was really glad to see that they focused on that and not so much on Defender slash Electra. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, um, 
And there really wasn't a, a a moment in the show that was necessarily boring. I will say, there are some cliche moments. <laughs> uh, not fun cliche, like, spoiler alert for anybody listening who hasn't watched the show yet. Um, Sister Maggie is Matt's mom. But then again, if you read the comics, you know that too. Yeah. Misty had not read the comic before. She didn't realize that. And I was unsure if they were actually going to reveal it or not. And I love the actual reveal when they did do it. See, I... And shout out to her, you know, the actress that played her. No, she did a great job, yeah. Joanne Wally. Do you know who she played back in the day? Uh, Not off the top of my head now. You ever see the movie Willow? Yeah. She was Sorsha. Oh, shit. Okay. 12-year-old me had a mad crush on her, man, <laughs> let me tell you. So, she, um, um, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And then I saw her, and I was like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> but her, her, her the, she, the, regardless, you know, she's not her 20-some-year-old hot, fiery, red-headed self anymore. Right. Um, her acting ability in this, she just was fantastic. Uh, so you said that you liked the reveal. I did. I, I, I did. didn't. I, 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 I did not. Um, I thought it was really corny. Um, now I guess I'll give an explanation as to why. Please do. It felt detached from what was happening in the show. How so? If, um... Because we had just seen a bunch of stuff that was important to the overarching plot with 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 Fisk and Dex, mm-hmm. and then he's just in there training, and he hears it, and it just didn't. It felt kind of not one hundred percent part of what was happening. It just felt kind of shoehorned in real quick. Um. I felt like if there was more of a of a build up to it or a lead, it might it might have made it a little bit less corny. I'm not saying that it was bad. I'm just saying it was very. I guess I did say it was bad once. I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. That's my point. Um, it, like I said, it just it felt. It felt like clipped in. It felt. Oh shit, we have an episode where we kind of go into the past and and we see Maggie and and Frank's dad or uh, uh Matt's dad, which I can't remember his name for the life of me. Um Badlin Jack Murdoch. Jack, that's right. Uh You know how bad I am with names. Shut up. Um This is true. What's my name? Uh Jose Feisher. That's close enough. We'll go with it. We'll go with it this time. Uh, I don't know. It, it felt like I felt like if there was more to it leading up, it might it might not have felt so bizarre. But at the time, I was just like, "What is going on? Like, why? Oh, okay. All right, I see what they're doing. They're revealing that to the audience. All right. Well, like, I guess it's okay now. It just felt weird. It didn't. It did. It. I don't know. I think I think also the way it worked out well, in my opinion, is you see he sustained tremendous injuries as a result of mid-circle 
falling on top of it. Um, well, this is well after know, that. He, this is like yeah, episode it, seven. Well, it is. This was, it was about six or seven episodes in, but was still not back 100%. If you recall, he had busted inner eardrum. His hearing was off. He could barely, he could barely, you know, as a result, couldn't do anything that made him special. It made him daredevil. And, you know, even if he got hit in the head because he wasn't 100%, you know, it was affecting him. And that was really the first time it showed that he was hearing whispers from, you know, that far out. So for me, yeah. it worked in that aspect because it showed, okay, he's healing even more. He's improving. Well, that's, that's fine. That was, that was why it was such a bombshell to him as well. That's, that's fine. I like, and, and again, I have to make this clear. Like, it's not the worst thing on the planet. No, I just no. didn't like, I didn't like how it was revealed because, um, and it did. And the reason it didn't bother me to the point where I'm like, it was awful is because the following episode right the fuck after is phenomenal. Like they travel oh, between God. the present and the past and Matt's like, you know, him trying to come to terms with it, but also talking to the priest. And then we seeing like Jack and Maggie back in the day. And it was just like, it was, it was really well done. It was really fucking well done. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it yeah, and I, I, I love the fact they brought, you know, the actor that played his dad back. Too. I also like that, that I just want to throw something out there that I think is really clever when it comes to camera tricks is that whenever Matt's having a conversation, with his dad, um, you never see him in camera full. He's always kind of in the yeah. back and blurry. Yeah, and and the same same with uh, you know, fifth, you know, like yes, yes, yes. In yes. the show, in the show, when he's wrestling with his conscience, um, it's manifesting himself as either uh, Wilson Fisk or his dad, and he's trying to rationalize and justify his decisions with them. And it was just so well done. I loved that. Yeah. Um, it it was, man, yeah, it was like the first time that Wilson, Wilson Fisk shows up in his conscience and he's fighting the, um, the FBI agents. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I was a little confused at first. I was like, why is Phil? I was like, why is Fisk there? He's supposed um, <laughs> like it took me a second to realize what they were doing. Um, but once you know, like that, like once I understood it, which was briefly, I just to clarify, like I didn't. It wasn't like eight scenes later that I figured it out. Um, uh, I, I really, I was all about it. Uh, but speaking of Fisk, Josh. Um, it's it's almost like Vincent D'Onofrio was born to play the role. Man, he was, once again, just like in season one, he stole every scene he was in. Every scene. He absolutely commands the scene. His ability to portray, convey, a social awkwardness, yet still display that type of power and intimidation. Yeah. 
is second to fucking none. It is incredible how he yeah. can fucking command the scene in that role. One of my one of my favorite situations with him is uh when he's talking to a specific character or any character in general and they ask him a question or they need a response out of him and instead he gives a short monologue. Um I really I really enjoyed that. I was like that that's that to me is the sociopath coming out. That's that's the guy who doesn't he he learned a long time ago that he's not like everybody else and that he needs to be different in order to stand out and being well read as Fisk would technically be. Mm -hmm. He does that. Like one of the, one of my favorite moments is when he's being transported from the prison to, well, it was supposed to be the safe house. And then they, they got, you know, bombarded. Um, and Nadim, agent Nadim goes, uh, like ask questions. Like, do you understand? And he was like, when I was a child and I had a cat and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> it kind of, yeah. it, 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 if you're watching it from the outside and you're not kind of understanding Wilson Fist's psyche, it, it seems so fucking bizarre. So weird because he's just like, he's like, why can't you just ask and answer the question of Fisk? But then you, if you know, if you watch the other season and technically, I guess part of season two, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, that was one of the moments that stood out to me the most when he does it. Um, it seems less weird when he's in control though. <laughs> like when he's, when he is in control of everything, it seems way less weird for him to do those monologues, but being in handcuffs in the back of a car, it just was bizarre. <laughs> I liked it though. I liked yeah. it a lot. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on it because I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean great stuff. Um great great stuff with him. Uh Yeah, we got we like I said Agent Nadim was awesome. He was he was a absolutely was fantastic to watch. I loved I loved him in the the actor that portrayed him. I believe uh I believe his name was Jay Ali. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know I looked he, up his IMDb and I recognized a few roles that I'd seen him in. He did a fantastic job as Agent Nadine. And Wilson Bethel as, you know, Agent Poindexter, who is to become Bullseye. God, that yeah. guy was so good. What what you he know, did, I, I, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of portray it at a certain point where he's clearly... Um, He's he's a I don't want to say psychopath. I'm trying to remember oh, this. He's, he's he's absolutely a psychopath. Yeah, he he do, he does he cannot relate to humans like we do to each other. No, so his no. psychiatrist when he was a kid was just kind of like giving him uh, vocal cues or a script to say to people when they reveal emotion, which he doesn't feel. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So like there was a lot of that and he did he did such a good job at portraying that that type of character. Which yeah, is great because he's okay. He's okay as long as he has like systematic, rigid routine he can function. But when he doesn't have that and any type of outside influence flips in, 
Watch out. Oh, so Yeah. I, I adored him, and then the the reveal at the very end of him go, he's gonna be basically become Bullseye is so fucking rad. Yeah, and that doctor, by the way, that was performing that surgery on him, they didn't call it adamantium. They referred to it as cogmium steel. But <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that is the, the, they did refer to him by his name. That is the father of Lady Deathstrike from the X. He is the no. one that performed the surgery on the side in the comic. In that and I did not pick that up. That's That's really cool. I absolutely did. And I was like, oh, shit. And uh, so that was a nice tie-in to the X-Men universe. Yeah. And for Marvel to let them do that, that gives me more uh, hope for the Fox and Disney merger for future. Yeah, what I've the, the rumor that I've been reading is that uh, X-Men are going to be a streaming show. So I'd be fine with that. Yeah, same here. Because um, a lot any- more freedom. Any final thoughts before we move on to grades? Yes. Okay. I absolutely loved the backstory on Karen Page. Um, I could have done, ever... done without it. Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. Because... I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with it necessarily. I just, I don't know. It felt. Well, here's here's the thing. In at the end of the nineties, early two thousands, Kevin Smith director, uh, clerk, USQ Universe fame. He actually did some uh, comics, and he wrote some Daredevil comics. And he wrote a wonderful comic story arc involved. Um, Karen Page actually being killed by Was and it Karen, or was it, it, was it Electra? Because I remember... No, well, he killed Elektra back in back in the eighties too. But no, he actually killed Karen. Uh, in in the comic, they are fighting in the church, and it's the same church. And Bullseye was like, "Oh, I, I forgot to give this back." Throws. And Karen jumps in the way, so you get hit with it, and it impales her right through the heart. I never read that. In the comics, she was a heroin addict, and she used to do adult films as well. And they touch on her drug abuse path, the troubled path. And they do it right before that scene in the church. And I was so sure. And like, you know, you see Matt Lynn. At the end of it, he's all fucked up, and she's cradling his body in the church. It was almost a perfect panel recreation of uh, Daredevil cradling Karen's dead body in the comic. So yeah, yeah I never, was, I never read a whole lot of uh, Daredevil from the eighties. Like the Daredevil that I read a lot of was well, uh, th- this was this was like ninety nine, two thousand, somewhere in there. Really? There's a trade, yeah. There's a trade paperback. It's called Daredevil Visionaries, and it's a story written by Kevin Smith. And I'm not going to reveal any spoilers other than that, but that's one of the things that happens in it. I'll need to find that. Amazing. It is one of the best Daredevil stories I've ever read that um, Frank Miller didn't write. Yeah, I was going to say, I read read a lot of the Frank Miller. 
So that's kind of where my knowledge of Daredevil comes from. Plus, just like him interacting with Spider-Man and other characters that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely need to. It's totally worth it. But yeah, that's I, I love the fact that they touched on that. But that's that's, that's cool. my final thought. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to grades. Um, why don't you go ahead and go first? Man, I mean this this season of Daredevil. Honestly, it's the best one yet. Absolutely, hands down, the best one yet. It was 13 episodes, but even though it was 13 episodes, it didn't feel too long. Nothing dragged for me. It was a slow character build, but the action scenes, when they were there, they absolutely paid off in spades. The final showdown, oh my god, how great was that? This season gets an A+. This was fucking phenomenal. All right. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't share the sentiment exactly. I do agree it is the best season of Daredevil so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like I said, I felt like certain scenes were corny. I felt like certain things felt shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't mind the backstory to Karen. Um, I felt that it was. Too heavy-handed, if you get my drift. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was three, it was three fourths of a whole episode, and I was like, that, "That's a bit much. It's a bit much." Um, and maybe that's just because I thought that the dynamic of Daredevil and Kingpin and Bullseye was so fun and cool that I wanted more of that. And I don't care too much about Karen Page or Foggy Nelson. Um, they're they're great, excellent additions to the to the cast and to the story. But they shouldn't be any kind of focus whatsoever. I just don't feel like that their focus is necessary or um, adds really that much to anything other than their Daredevil's friend. So, um, but uh, but it wasn't necessarily bad. It's not it's not unfun. It's it doesn't uh, like I wasn't uh, bored by it, if that if that makes any sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it definitely was not. For you, it wasn't a plus material. No, 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 no. Um, but it's good. It's it's a great. It's like I said, it's a great season. I loved um everything that, like I said, involved Kingpin, Bullseye, or Daredevil, and um uh thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, um, the stuff that I didn't enjoy was far and few in between, unless it took up three fourths of an episode, and uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I give it an A minus. Okay, it's still. Yeah, that's an A. You know, like, any, yeah. Anything we give an A to is a fucking must watch. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, uh, all right. Um, so we're just gonna uh, we're just gonna dive right into the haunting of Hill House. Uh, mainly because <laughs> we are limited for time on recording today, unfortunately. But um, yeah, your goddamn job. I've, I'm applying everywhere to get out of this fucking diet place, but, uh, um, <laughs> I should just go to a doctor and tell him I'm crazy. That way I can get disability. Um, I mean, it's, there's more to it than that. I, I'm <laughs> making, I'm making a joke. Anyway, you know what you can do, you can totally lose a foot, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most fun thing. I'm not upset by it or anything, but it's not the most fun thing. Yeah, well, and it hurts. It really hurt. I don't doubt it for a second. <laughs> uh, 
All yeah, right. Let's, so, Haunting uh, of Hill House. Jesus Christ. I was the fucking long pause there. Um, so, uh, uh, I don't know what, I don't know how to start this. So, Josh, why don't you go ahead and give a synopsis for the show? All right. Well, basically, here we go. The Haunting of Hill House. This was a novel. Uh, it's based on a novel that was written by Shirley Jackson back in 1959. Stephen King has called this one of his most absolute favorite horror novels of all time. You know, it's widely been considered one of the best ghost stories published this in the 20th century. Had two spin-off movie or two movies made off of it. Both of those movies were pretty crap. Now, this series it is pretty much a complete reimagining retelling of the novel there are some characters that share the same names as the ones in the book but almost everything is completely different um i was gonna say Um, uh, one of those things that i thought was really interesting is that in the book there is no daughter named shirley however no, no we're pretty sure that the writer director of this added her in and gave her the name shirley as an homage to the writer of the books absolutely Absolutely. But yeah, this this series, it's set in the summer of 1992, and it follows the story of Hugh and Olivia Crane, along with their children, Stephen, who's the oldest, followed by Shirley, Theodora, who they all refer to as Theo, uh, Luke, and Eleanor, and they are twins. Um, they temporarily move into what is referred to as Hill House. Basically, the parent, they, she is an architect. He is a contractor, I believe. They purchase houses, renovate them, and flip them. That's their goal. That's their, their intent is to stay in this house eight weeks, renovate it, and sell it, and then build their own house that she has designed. Unexpected repairs necessitate and lengthen their stay, and they start to paranormal phenomena that results in a tragic loss and tragedy and the family fleeing the house in the middle of the night. You really never find out exactly what happened until like the last episode. And it's told in both present day and flashbacks. Uh, you know, it shows 26 years later the younger the, the siblings and their estranged father reunite after another tragedy strikes again. They're all forced to confront on how that house specifically and that time in that house affected their lives. And wow. Really, really, really well done. I, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> fantastic acting all around, I felt. But yeah, why don't you uh, go ahead and voice some thoughts, Greg? This is easily one of the best shows that I have ever watched um hell yeah it is uh i i so i i went into the show thinking it was just going to be a horror show and I, I wasn't thinking too much into it and as it starts to develop especially like the end of season episode five and all of episode six um mm-hmm. i was very much in the idea that it wasn't going to be scary because I don't usually get scared by quote unquote scary things. That's just mm-hmm. nine times out of 10. They're really cheesy. Like the last time I got legitimately spooked by a, a movie was the remake of it. 
Um, and I think that's just because they did such a good job at making him ominous and creepy. Uh, this show does not go for jump scares. There are a couple. No. There are like, I think, literally two in the whole show. Um, yeah, and that and that one? There's one specific one that's so well done. That involves the sisters? Yep. <laughs> that one scared the shit out of me, oh, dude. Yeah, it was it. like one o'clock in the morning and Misty and I were watching it and we both jumped. And I was like, all right, I admit it. That jump scare made me jump. <laughs> it well was really well done. Really perfect. Um, uh, but there were, uh, what, what made the show great was its creep factor. It's uh, like the whole Very time you're watching spooky it. spooky and ominous. Well, the whole time you're watching it, you just feel uneasy. Like you feel that something's not quite right about anything and you don't know how to handle it. Like I remember watching it and I'm just going like, I'm not scared, but I just feel uneasy. I feel like, like, like Josh, do you have anxiety at all? Oh, uh, yes, I do. Okay. That feeling of anxiety of like something needs to happen, something needs to change, I I and I have no control was how this mm-hmm. show made me felt feel. Oh, okay. Got it. But not in the same way that like my anxiety does. Yeah, um, not like a real like panic attack or anything like that. Right, but. no, it just like uh But what they also do that's so fucking clever is the how important the past and the present tie together. Um and not just in the idea of like, oh, these are the adult versions of the kid. More to the extent of like, what happened to them in Hill House transcended to them into the into the present day, and yeah. and um, it just flat out fucked several of them. Okay, it flat out fucked all of them up in the head. absolutely yeah. Um, one of my like one of the, one of the things that I thought was so interesting and, and cool was what happened to the twins. Um, oh God. Uh, and, and I, that, that's also because they're primarily like the focus of the show, but, um, mm-hmm. and, and they also have like this empathic link, which they refer to as the twin thing. Yeah. Uh, but like the, the house also kind of fucked over, uh, not fucked over, but, um, Basically gave that one sister powers to, like, touch things and feel emotion. Well, she was like that before. Was she? I you thought know, she, I thought, I thought yeah, it was the house that kind of like caused that. Before. Yeah, and in, in, in the scenes when they first get there, uh, you know, their mom makes the comment. She's like, what do you think? She's like, cold. This entire house is cold. It's always cold. It's like, it, you know, summer, it's hot out. Cold in here. You know, she had the ability if she touched certain things, you know, she could tell what it was. That's why she started wearing gloves. Okay. Yeah. Um. They they showed that in her in her. Well, that's I thought that like being at the house was what caused that and those feelings. No, and then that's when they that's when they brought that up. It wasn't the cause because if you remember, her mom has a conversation with her at six. A lot of I, again thought that was I thought, I 100% thought that was because of the house. I never I never no, any it, anything it anything super, it the fuck up. I was going to say anything that's supernatural that happened to them, I always blamed on Hill House immediately. Mm-hmm. Um 
which I think is the intention. Um, I don't think that the show wants you to detract your brain from blaming Hill House for any of their ills. Um, but, but I get where you're going. I get what you're saying with that. Uh, I was going to say though, Nell, in the first, so they, they do this really cl- like really smart thing with Nell in the first five episodes where she is, she's technically the focus. She is, mm-hmm. the, she is the centerpiece to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, time kind of moves around in this show, like a Quentin Tarantino story. You aren't a hundred percent sure exactly what time it is, like where, where the course of time things are because they don't want you to, they want you to feel a yeah. little confused. They want you to feel a little uneasy. So when you're watching Nell, who is technically the youngest daughter by, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she, she is the youngest daughter. Uh, I think her and Luke were six years old that summer. In yeah. The house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, the, the scene that, that stuck out in my mind the most, the one scene that, and it was in the first episode that made me go, Oh, maybe the show is more than just a horror story was when the, um, the oldest brother who wrote a book, um, he comes back to his hotel room and he has dad calls their mm-hmm. dad calls, I should say. And he's like, hey, dad, uh, you know, like I was doing this book tour thing and Nell was there and, and now she's in my hotel room. And he's like, Nell's there. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that's impossible. Nell's dead. And there's like that shot of Nell being in his face, screaming for like a second and then disappearing. Yeah. That moment for me, I was just like, oh, all right, let's see where this goes. Uh, and then yeah. her story about like her husband dying and, and her re-seeing the bent neck lady. Now the bent neck lady, mm-hmm. the bent neck lady is. Uh, I picked up who that was like almost immediately. Really, I did not. Yeah, I did. I did. Well, I had a theory. I didn't confirm it, but for about three episodes, I had that theory, and then I said it to Misty, and then an episode or two later, it was confirmed of who it was, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is I, awesome!" I did. I did not pick up on that at all. I thought it was just a. Uh, what yeah, I was we'll, we'll what look. I was picking up so here's what I was picking up, Josh. So the way that they were presenting all the kids and having their mental illnesses and the family having mental illnesses, I was picking it up that uh because of the events at the house and the traumatizing events at the house, that Nell wasn't quite right in the head. And that Ooh. all the all the things that had been leading up to her life, I was like, Okay, so now that things aren't quite right she's re-seeing this manifestation of her anxieties and her um fears which is the bent neck lady which is something from her childhood that's what mm-hmm. i gathered it to be the reveal in season five or episode season five episode five where she goes back to hill house hill house basically mm-hmm. shows her what she wants to see then kills her by hanging her and then she basically the reveal of her going through time and haunting herself was so fucking incredible. Yeah, it was. I I, love I, that shit. I literally like jaw on like mouth agape watching going, I've never seen anything like this before. This is unreal. So I did not pick up on that whatsoever. I was I was just into it for the idea that I liked that the events of being haunted at Hill House had transcendent effects where they were all mentally ill in some fashion, way or form. Also, 
Josh, um, briefly, before we get into episode six, because that is a tour de resistance, if you will. That sounded pretentious as fuck. Um, did you pick up on the five kids and what they represent? How do you mean? The five kids are the stages of loss. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Stephen being denial. Yeah. And uh, uh, who, uh, uh so so they go well, in age. They go in age. So uh Stephen's denial uh um Shirley is uh bargaining. No, bargaining is um bargaining's before acceptance. Uh Hold on. Let me look that up. The five stages of denial or the five yeah, stages yeah. of loss. Okay, Google. No. Okay, Google. I've got it. Show me the five stages of loss. Uh, five stages of grief and loss. Here we go. Uh, there is denial and isolation. So that's Stephen. He's denied anything happened. He's isolated himself from the others. He's written a book. Yes. Two is anger. That's obviously Shirley. Yes, 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 yes. Three is Theo bargaining. And, of course, you know, Four is depression. Yeah. That's Luke and drug addiction. And then five is acceptance. You know? Which is, is very prominent in the very last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because uh, you get that full force in, season, in episode six. You get yes. that. Uh, like, that's when I picked up on it. That's when I was like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, dope. But the other thing that makes episode six so good is it's done in one shot. <laughs> oh my well, god! Well, maybe is, two shots, it? maybe two shots, but it's done. It, it, the camera doesn't cut. The camera doesn't oh cut. I didn't realize that. It yeah, dude, I. Does it? It does not cut. And then I watched a small like video on it, and it was the hardest thing to do because they'd get to like minute fifteen and have to bring in kids. <laughs> and they're just, I'm <clears throat> sorry, they're just like. Oh, please don't fuck this up. Please don't fuck this up. <laughs> wow. Um, I didn't realize that until you just brought it up. So, because so, I was just so engrossed in the fucking storytelling. Well, there's that too, yes. But uh, one of the moments for me that, that stuck out in that shot was uh, the five kids, or the four remaining kids, because Nell's dead at this point. Um, they're in the... Uh, I don't remember what the room is called in a in a funeral home, but it's the room before the where the corpse is, it's where you enter a funeral home. Most most rooms like that are referred to as the foyer. Yes, but that's not called that in this. It's, it starts with a starts with a K. Anyway, I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, "Yeah, there's a name for it, and I could, we couldn't remember it." But um, uh. A There's K. a shot where the the, the killing room. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, the dad walks in through the front door. The camera is focused on him. It spins around, and uh, um, as it as it comes as as it spins away from the kids, goes to the dad, and spins back around. All the kids are in are their their child form, and then it spins back around to the dad, and then when the camera refocuses on the kids again, they're adults. Damn. 
That means that means that like think about that from a production perspective. They had to bring in the kids. Yeah, they were just on standby. Yeah, run in, make their marks, and get in the fucking perfect stances in one take. Oh my god! And they had to do, <laughs> I wonder how long that took to fucking film because I never picked up on that. But now that I'm thinking back about it, you're right. It never cuts ever. Yeah. Yep. It's un fucking real. And That's then, and then amazing. Get, and then get this. So they built an entire so they have Hill House, right? They've they've built parts of Hill House as a set. Yeah. Um they had to build that hallway that goes into the funeral room to make that one shot work. Holy shit. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> wow. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. That just amps up even more the impressive factor of the show. Yeah. Um but this story, the fucking story being told in that episode is so good too. Because it Absolutely. It cements and solidifies what other word I can come up with that this family is broken and broken beyond repair. Um that is so or at least it seems broken beyond repair. That is so uh, instrumental to how the story is told in this that that re- fucking reveal at the end was uh, was so awesome. It was so good. So, um, when they go to the past in the episode when they're kids, there's a storm hitting the house and uh, an unusually powerful storm breaking windows and shit, and they, it takes out their power. Um, as they're looking for, as they're trying to get flashlights and stuff, um, is it Shirley or the other one that's holding her hand? It was Theo. Theo. Theo was holding, so Theo's holding Nell's hand. The camera does this rad fucking spin while Nell Nell goes off camera. And then when it comes back into focus, Nell's gone. Um, and, and Theo's like, I was, she was just here. I was just holding her hand. I don't know where she went. I don't understand. So they're running around the house looking for her. They're freaking out. They can't find her. Um, it then goes uh, uh, back to them as adults. And uh, come when it comes back to them in that scene, um, there's, a, there's a rad cra- camera trick where they flip around the room again, and Nell's just standing in front of the door. She's just there. Mm-hmm. And, and when they see her, they're like, Nell, oh my god, like we've... Well, where were you? And and uh, she's like, I was here the whole time. I you, I could see and hear you, but you couldn't see or hear me. I was right here the whole time. And I was just like, oh, that's really sad. And I felt for it. Then it goes back to them as adults, and they're standing in front of her body in the in the casket, and they're having this huge fight, and the casket tips over. Mm-hmm. They all stop. They pick up the casket. They put it back, and then there's this fucking incredible shot where um uh. It pans away from that, and as it swings back towards the fucking casket, the ghost version of Nell is standing there, and you hear her child version say, I was here the whole time. I could see and hear you, but you couldn't see or hear me. And I just went, oh, chills. (laughs) Yep. That was pretty, pretty phenomenal. That was great. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's such a good fucking episode. And it's such just a great fucking series. It yeah. really is. Also to clarify that the uh the show stops being like 
legitimately scary after like after episode three. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really scary. I mean, there is one good jump scare that we referenced, and I'm not going to say what episode that's in, but because you know, I want all of you to experience jump scare if you've not watched it. Yeah. Also, I like I said, I want you to watch the show before. Um, yeah, don't because there's some things that, of course, we mentioned that were some major heavy spoilers. Um, yes. But wow, this show, man, is great. Yeah, I, I, we got, we got. I'm gonna stop talking about it because. It, yeah, you got anything else you want to add? Or I mean, there are things I want to add, but they're definitely very spoilery. Um, yeah. I will say this: if you're watching the show, pay attention. Pay attention to everything. Oh, yes. oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. I knew there was something. So this was fucking rad to me. I didn't know about it until after the fact. Um, but I went back and watched, and sure enough, it's true. There are background ghosts. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yep. Fucking everywhere. And what's so brilliant about how they insert the ghosts is that they're so off focus of what's happening that unless you are super vigilant on paying attention to every little nook and cranny, you aren't going to spot them. Um, however, they're also implemented in such a way that if you do spot them, you might think, did I just see a person? Am I going a little crazy? Which is brilliant considering what the show is doing and telling in a story. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, and just to keep in mind, like, the only time you'll ever see a background ghost is in Hill House. You won't see a background ghost anywhere else. Which ties into the story quite significantly. Mm -hmm. But, I, yeah, I just thought that was... I thought that was also very, very, very brilliant. So, um... Uh, why don't we go to grades? Since we're running close to time on this, yeah. on this episode. Um... Go ahead and throw yours out since I went first last time. A plus. A plus plus. Is there a way to give a higher grade than A plus? I can't I can't get enough of this show. I keep thinking about it. I keep coming back to it in my head. Uh every time a new video pops up on YouTube that talks about it, there are um aspects and things that I didn't pick up on or I didn't see because there's so many subtle nuances and folds and different things here and there in the show that are so incredibly in, in, like uh, uh, implemented and put in a way that makes you think about it past its initial telling. The only other time a story that I can think of in recent time that made me constantly think about it and come back to it in my brain, just thinking about stuff in general, or thinking about something completely innocuous towards the show, but somehow my brain finds its way back to it was uh, Bioshock Infinite and how it told its story. Um, this show does that in spades as well. I, I cannot get enough of this show. Can, like, there are so many questions. Like, was the flapper girl, was she the cause of the craziness? Like, there's so, like, there, there are, there are parts of this show that are, um, uh, what's the phrase with that one? Uh, ambiguous. And I love mm -hmm. that they do that because the ambiguous stuff is not the family has nothing to do with the family. Um, the, the cranes are the focus. And so anything outside the cranes does not need to be explicitly told to you. 
So, exactly. and the ending of this show, mwah, mwah, oh, it's like eating a delicious chocolate bar after you haven't had chocolate in like two years. It was so fucking good. So I can't get enough of this show. I want to watch it again. I want to watch it with my mom just to see how she acts towards it. Yeah, because she's a big fan of horror stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're actually planning on seeing uh, Halloween here soon. So, Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. But, uh, yeah, if you have not watched this show and somehow listened to this podcast beforehand, watch it. (laughs) It's an, an, an incredible fucking show. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. I plus well, uh, this is one of you know last month we did our one year anniversary episode, and we named our top five. This would easily be probably number one. It's that fucking yeah. good. Yeah, this is the best thing I've watched on Netflix all year in twenty eighteen. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It was phenomenal. Misty watched it. Misty does not do horror. Misty hates horror. She hates scary things like that. She was on the edge of her fucking seat. She she binge watched the shit out of it. Um, we watched the entire series over the course of a day and a half. Um, and we stayed up late watching it both times, and just fucking so well done. And yeah. this could be the only the only season of it, and that's fine. I'm okay but with that. There is there is talks that it could be an anthology series, like focusing on a completely different family in a completely different time. I would, I would prefer... I would be down with that if that were to happen. But honestly, if this is all we ever get of it, it's a fucking masterpiece. And it really is. I, I was going to say, Josh, I would prefer, if they're going to do that, I would prefer that they just allow this guy to do another horror show. Mm-hmm. Just something, compl- like a different book or some shit. Like, Yeah, yeah. Just completely reimagine another novel. <laughs> that was the, the guy that did this. It was well, fucking. Yeah. A plus, if you haven't watched this yet, you know, go watch it. It's really one of the best things I've seen, hands down. The best yep. series I've watched all year, hands down. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Um, all right, guys. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Two really good shows, back to back, that we got to watch. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's okay because you know, last week we had one great, one not so great. Um, and, and that seems to be a theme for us for a hot minute. And next week seems it, it might be the same thing. Uh, cause next week we're going to be watching, um, here, I have it written down and I forgot the first show. Castlevania season two. If you haven't watched Castlevania season one, it's only four episodes long. Uh, but basically Netflix gave, um, this particular individual, uh, it's Ari, it's Ari something, Ari something, Ari. Anyway, the, the guy, the guy's a, um, He's a little bizarre, but it works for Castlevania. Uh, oh, but yeah. it's only, it's only four episodes. And so they gave him a season two, which is now eight episodes, almost double the length. Um, and so we're both very excited. Like 30 minute, they're like 30 minute episodes. So yeah, it's an easy yeah. watch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super fun. 
but we're going to do season two and we're, we're both looking forward to season two. Um, I, I know that I am, but the second show, um, I'm interested in just because I want to see how different it is. Josh is not interested at all, which delights me. Um, <laughs> is the chilling adventures of Sabrina, which if you don't know, is the, uh, remake of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Um, Josh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this show? I'd rather get an amputation done again. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know if it's that bad, but it's pretty funny. That's how excited I am for it. (laughs) It's fair enough. (laughs) And, you know, I hope I I come away pleasantly surprised, but I'm not not holding my breath. Right. No, I, I don't blame you there. Um... All right, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to do it for us here, guys. Uh, Josh, where can they find you on the internets? Uh, in lots of places. You can find me, of course, with you here on the All Cued Up podcast every other Friday. You can catch me on Off the Runner uh, on either the Bricks on the Dollar YouTube channel or the Primal Sabbath YouTube channel where my friends and I build model kits and just bust each other's balls and shoot the shit. And, you know, we'll take questions from the chat and answer them about model building and things like that. We primarily focus on Gundam kits, but, you know, I got a couple of new model kits while I was at TFCon. I got a Voltron model kit and an Optimus Prime model kit, so I'll be building those soon on the air. You can also find me at... uh every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on the MPSP Theater, that's the Masterpiece Ship Piece Theater, on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, where my friends and I talk about, you know, basically a variety of topics in the entertainment and nerd industry. Uh, but tonight we are going to be focusing heavily on uh, this past uh, weekend last the trip the fcon international realm of collecting there's going to be some great stories i'm telling you tune in tonight uh you can find me on twitch at nsubanur76 uh that is where you can occasionally occasionally catch me playing games or even painting miniatures or things like that uh, recently we played some checkbox party pack five on there fun time and you can follow me on Twitter at nsubanur1976, E-N-S-A-B-A-H-N-U-R-1976. And, of course, just my regular name on Facebook. But where can they find you, Craig? You can follow me on Twitter and uh, just about anywhere else, Twitch, um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, hell, Xbox Live if you want to. Uh, the name is Chub Rock Geek. Um, I try to use that name for everything uh, that I can. Uh, so yeah, just search for that and I'm sure that you'll find me somewhere. Uh, primarily Twitter. I Twitch stream on, uh, off and on, uh, primarily fucking Jackbox games. Um, I'm actually thinking about doing a uh, stream today, uh, later today at some point before, um, before your podcast, Josh. but we'll think about it. We'll 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 get there. Um But yeah, that's twitch.tv slash Chubruck Uh 
Anthony and I are trying to get back into the swing of doing the podcast. Uh, he is finding a place in Long Beach where he can have his computer and fiber optics, uh, high-speed internet, so there's that. Um, so he'll get back to streaming event like here soon. We just did a late stream or yeah, late stream podcast where we talked about uh, a few things in the gaming industry. Um, one of the things was uh, crunch in game development, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically like in a short period of time, you know, they're doing mad hours to meet. Right. Right. So so the the reason that like this was brought up was because during Red Dead Redemption 2's production. One of the writers in an interview talked about that him and the other writers had done 100-hour weeks for about a month. People were pissed off about this because they said that that was – it's wrong to force people to do that, and it totally is. But what people weren't picking up was that nobody was forced to do these kind of hours. Nobody was told, like, if you don't do them, you're going to get fired. However, that has happened in the past. That has been a thing in the past. It has actually happened at Rockstar in the past during the development of L.A. Noir. Yes, but, yes. But what was great about that is Rockstar said, hey, say anything you want on social media. You have our permission. And a lot of people were saying, no, we've not been forced into this. Some people did work hours like that, but they chose to do so. Right. Because they wanted to make sure that you were given the best product possible in yep. the time allowed. So yep. that was a cool topic. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was. I like talking about it because I think a lot of people immediately, they they put their own spin on it. They hear a headline and they want to make their own judgment without looking into it further or doing more research. So God, that sounds like something that would happen on Twitter. Or just the internet as a whole. Um, uh, So that's why I like my podcast or the podcast that I do because it, it, I feel like it's a, it's a good vehicle for me to, to vent those frustrations of people. But also at the same time, kind of inform people like, you know, you're not you're not doing your due diligence. Um, yeah. So uh, that's a lot of fun for me. Um, definitely check that out. That's uh, you can find the podcast on YouTube. Search for Mission Start um, or Mission Start podcast. One of the two. Uh, you can find that on just about any like uh, podcast platform as well. Um, but also you can watch the VOD on Twitch as well. Uh, so there's that. Um, but that's twitch.tv slash under, or sorry, mission underscore start. We're trying to just get mission start, but somebody else has it. So we'll see if Twitch will allow us to cancel, like have them. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, that's about it for where you can find me and Josh. Uh, guys, again, we love hearing from you. We love hearing your input on a show that we've watched. We want to have that conversation with you. I know that I'm not as active on it as Josh is, and I need to fix that. But um, we have a discussion group on Facebook. We would also, and I'm just going to throw this out here, we have a link to our Discord. And and we like I'm way more active on Discord than I am on Facebook. So if Discord seems like a, a good avenue for you to join us there and have a discussion about these shows, um, we should definitely open up a page every week that's about one of the two shows, Josh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, but we want to hear from you guys about the shows that we're watching. We want to if 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 even if it's a show that we talked about a year ago, like bring it up, bring the topic to us, and be like, hey, I just watched this show and I don't agree with you guys, and tell us why because. That's the whole point of the show, to open up 
that that channel of discussion. Um, so yeah, go to either Facebook discussion group, come to come to our Discord. Hell, you can tweet at me all you want. Like I want to have, I want to hear what you guys think. I know that Josh does. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, and you can find all that information on allcuedupodcast.com. Uh, there's a, there's a, a tab selection thing to the, to the left of the screen and it has every link that you could possibly want or imagine. Um, but also the merch page. Absolutely. But, uh, anything else, Josh? Uh, no, no, I just, uh, just wanted to throw out one last, uh, shout out. Thank you to all the people who approached me, uh, past came up to me and told me I've heard your story and called me an inspiration and just wanted to introduce themselves, shake hands, say hi. It was a very unique and humbling experience. And I just want you to know whether I got to hang out with you for hours or just five or ten minutes or just for a brief second. I value every second of this past that I got to think to help possible. But that's yeah, that's all I've got. Awesome. No, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that happen because sometimes you need that kind of positivity in your life. Yeah. Alright guys, that's gonna do it for us here. Um again next week or not next week, I'm sorry, next episode. I do that every fucking do it episode. Again. <laughs> uh, next episode, Castlevania Season 2, Chilling Adventure Sabrina. I know that Josh is excited about that one. Uh, so that'll be fun. Ooh. Can't you hear? <laughs> like Eeyore, without a thistle. That's a hell of a reference right there. Um, no. guys, th- thank you for joining us again. Uh, go check, like, seriously, I don't care if you watch Daredevil Season 3, go watch The Haunting of Hill House. It's so good. Uh, watch Daredevil Season 3, too. It's pretty good, but yeah, actually, <laughs> Haunting of Hill House. I mean, do watch it, but if you don't have time, Haunting of Hill House first. Um, but yeah, guys, again, that's gonna do it for us here. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>